Today on Abounding Grace. We need to be people of the Lord. We, we need to have the spiritual sensitivity of God. With this backdrop in which we live, the, the harvest is plentiful. I mean, what would really happen, church, in your own heart? What would really happen if when you prayed, God, send laborers into the harvest, that you really meant that, and you heard almost immediately, you are a laborer, it's time to go into the harvest. What would really happen? I mean, I think something great and grand would happen. This is amazing grace. We've got a great message lined up for you today on Abounding Grace. You might find your place in 1 Samuel 3, where we'll join Pastor Ed Taylor momentarily. These are difficult days. There's no doubt about it. Evil is on the rise, and those that stand for the truth are often ridiculed. But in the midst of the mess, God has an important mission and calling for us. And today, you'll be encouraged to embrace it with open arms, just like Samuel. Here's Pastor Ed. The boy Samuel ministered to the Lord. The word of the Lord was rare. There was no widespread revelation, but check this out. Verse 2, it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, that was a kind way of saying, he's old. Before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, while Samuel was lying down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. And so he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I didn't call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Eli was a professional priest who was both dying physically and wearing away spiritually, as his old age made him an ineffective leader. He couldn't see. lost his physical sensitivities. And in contrast to Eli, Samuel, this young boy, this eager boy, just learning to follow God. Man, the first noise that he hears, man, what, what, what? And he does what's natural. He runs into Eli. What do you want? Eli says, I didn't call you. And just so you know, as we make the contrast between young and old, this isn't really a young and old issue. It's not really, well, you know, Eli's older, his body's going down, and his hearing is lost, and he can't see. That, that's not what's being portrayed here in the physical realm, is not the point. Eli was older, but that wasn't his problem. And you know, Samuel was younger, and that wasn't his advantage. You see, the issue is one of spiritual sensitivity, one of responding when you hear. Let's face it, the more you walk with the Lord, the more you need to guard yourself against spiritual insensitivity. The more that you and I need to be careful that we don't think we just know it and we've got the quick answer and we don't need to seek the Lord anymore and we're insensitive to his leading. You know, when you're young in the faith, when you're young in the faith, you you are desperate to hear God. You're desperate. What do you have to say? You saved my soul? You, You rescued me? What do you have to say, God? What are you doing in the world today? Look at what's going on over here, and look what's going on over here. And you see something on the news, and your first response is, Oh, God, what is going on? You get a little older, and you see something on the news, and it just becomes a 
well, you know, our, our country's going downhill. Yeah, and we need the Lord. And this situation's happening in Washington. Yeah, man, we need the Lord. We need to be people of the Lord. We, we need to have the spiritual sensitivity of God. With this backdrop in which we live, the, the harvest is plentiful. I mean, what would really happen, church, in your own heart? What would really happen if when you prayed, God, send laborers into the harvest, that you really meant that, and you heard almost immediately, you are a laborer, it's time to go into the harvest? What would really happen? I mean, I think something great and grand would happen. It's not an old, young situation. It's, it's really a picture. Look, Samuel wants to learn, and Eli, he's lost it. Verse 6. So the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I didn't call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him, not for long. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And then he arose and went to Eli. By, by the way, just for a second, verse 7. Verse 7 is a little bit of insight on Samuel, but I want to give a little insight for you. God is ready to speak to you in your current condition, just like who you are right now. Sam was just a kid. We don't know how old he is. Some, some guess or, you know, some estimate eight to eight or nine years old. We don't know exactly, but he's young. Eight or nine years old, you know, that just that, that beautiful age, even if he was younger. And, and, and God is just letting, me know, letting you know yet that the relationship that Samuel has with God, not yet developed, not even yet started. He's just so eager to do what he's supposed to do. He's, I, I don't know, it's a, it's a great thing to consider, but how do you think Samuel felt being dropped off at the temple? I think that his mom built some, some faith in him. He's like, look, boy, you, you, have, you are a miracle kid. God is going to use you greatly. And, you know, she would come and give him gifts and encourage him. And, man, it's like, yes. But here he is. He's like, I, what, what? He goes into Eli, go back to bed. Go back to bed. It, it's almost as if you're not, you know, I wasn't calling you. Just go back. Well, what, Eli, why didn't Eli just say in one of these first two times, you know, maybe the Lord's speaking to you. Perhaps it's been years since he's spoken to the Lord in the midnight hour. So verse 7 is an encouragement to me because I know that God's going to use me in my present condition. You know, he didn't, I don't yet know some things. You know, I've been, personally, I've been walking with Jesus for 20 plus years. I don't yet know things. I, I don't yet know. You, we use that phrase today that you're, uh, you, maybe you've heard it. It's like you, you're on a need to know basis. You heard that phrase before? And you'll know when you need to know. And many things in us walk of faith is very similar with God. We just don't know yet. We just don't know yet. We don't know what's up ahead. We don't know how the puzzle piece fits. We don't know yet. We're not sure. And, and while this is speaking to a youthfulness in Samuel, I, I can see the application in my life where there's things I don't know yet. And, and the word on that situation hasn't been revealed to me. But, but verse 8 says the Lord's going to call Samuel and he's going to get a word. And he does. He calls him again this third time. He arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Verse 9, go lie down. It shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. It happens a couple of times before Eli finally suggests, Oh, maybe it's the Lord. You are in the temple, and you are a miracle kid, and God's going to use you in a great way. Maybe God's speaking to you, because I'm not. Like, who else? Where else is it going to come from? And Eli sends him, one of the greatest things Eli did was to send him back to wait on the Lord. Now, we know that God does speak today. The question is how? And let me be clear that God, as he leads us, gives us an impression 
puts a scripture on our heart or in our mind, makes one come alive in the scriptures, sends a message through a friend or a text message or a tweet or through a Bible study or any other way, when God speaks, and I use that phrase, I want to be crystal clear that what I don't mean by that phrase is that God is writing new scripture today. The Bible is complete. It is once, the faith is once and for all delivered to the saints. Often when you and I use vocabulary like, well, you know, the Lord spoke to me, many people will attack that phrase as if we think that God is speaking like writing new scripture. Like he's, there's another chapter at the end of the Bible. There's, you know, Jude, Revelation, and the Gospel of George. That, that, that's not what we're saying. That's not what the Bible teaches. And yet God does speak. I'm certain that you have received an, maybe you didn't know what it was, but God gave you, just the scripture popped into your mind. And right after the scripture popped into your mind, you weren't even in that book. You had the impression, I really think I should give this to someone. And you have a name. So what do you think? The devil told you that? Yeah, take the word of God and encourage someone. The devil didn't tell you that. And, and you, were, you were just in a place where you were sensitive. And because of your sensitivity, God was ready. He was ready to use you. And you, you connected. You heard. You were tuned in. And so when we say that God is speaking today, we are certainly not in any way saying that God is writing new scripture. He's not. He's not. But he does lead and guide. And by the way, that phrase, the faith once and for all delivered to the saints, it's in Jude. Jude is only one chapter, but it's Jude chapter 1, verse 3. Just if you guys want to take notes, the, the Bible is complete. It's been given to us once for all. So then, how does God speak? Well, the primary place that God speaks to us is through the Word, your Bible. God has spoken. And because the Bible is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, we can then say not only has God spoken, but we can also say that God is speaking. And we can even say if God would give us the future, that God will speak. And the primary way that he speaks is through his word. Through his word. God has revealed himself. He, he's shown us who he is and what, what's required and, and the power source. He causes his word to come alive and afresh in our lives and our hearts. We read it and we pray through it. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is illuminated. It's a dark book to those of you that don't have a relationship with God. You don't get it. It's a frustrating thing, isn't it? I remember, I remember days as an unbeliever where I would read the Bible so eager and I didn't get it. I mean, even the simplest of things I didn't understand. Why? I didn't have a relationship with the author. Of course I didn't get it. And when I was born again, things started to make sense. Not everything I needed to learn. You know, we need to grow and add to our faith knowledge, and we need to continue to study the scriptures, and we're perpetually growing. But things started to make sense. I began to see my life in light of God's perfection, God's requirement, God's promises. And he opens the word of God to us. You know, God, the Bible says, will use visions and dreams to speak to you. Let, let me show you, just so you know. Just let me, I want you to see this. Turn over to Acts, would you please? There's a promise for the last days. A promise from the book of Joel. A promise that Peter quotes as he explains the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost to the church after the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, where the Spirit of God came down upon them, they began to speak in other tongues. There was interpretation and understanding, and, and God will use visions and dreams. It says in verse 16 of Acts chapter 2, 
right there in the beginning. Acts chapter 2, it says, This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, we've studied prophecy to speak forth the word of God. We've looked at that in Romans chapter 12. It's an existing spiritual gift for today, speaking forth the word of God. He says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Now, here's the difference. Who's going to get visions and dreams? You ready? Your young men shall see visions. And those of you that have been getting dreams, it says your old men shall dream dreams. I wish I had more visions, but my life has been filled with quite a few dreams, quite frankly, lately. God will use visions and dreams. He'll use a friend. He'll use a text message. He'll use a Bible study. He could use skywriting to speak to you. He could use a donkey. We have evidence in the scriptures of a donkey being used of God to mercifully attempt to prevent a man from making a serious mistake. Jesus spoke out of rocks, would cry out if God willed it. Jesus spoke of angels being sent if God wanted to use them as a messenger. The Bible says that the creation speaks of God. I mean, God speaks today. He speaks in wonderful ways, very specific, very general. God speaks. The question is, are we tuned in? Yet, I have to say, when we sort through this topic, that hearing from the Lord is not as concrete as one might think. Or it's not as easy as we might think. I find that at times people have come with what they've perceived as a word from God or a direction from God and, and you talk to them about it and then they'll say, well, but you know, I have a peace about it. I have a peace about it. Well, you can have a peace. You can have an inward man-made comfort and still be wrong. There is a peace of God that surpasses all understanding, but there's a lot of false pseudo-peace that men and women use to convince themselves of a bad decision is right. And then blame God for the bad decision. Well, I have a peace about it. It's, it doesn't mean it's from the Lord. You know, I have a, I'm broke and we need to pay some bills and I don't want to be bankrupt. So I've got a peace that robbing the first bank. I've got a peace about it. Yeah, but the Bible says don't steal. Yeah, but, you know, that doesn't apply to today. <laughs> Especially doesn't apply. I mean, just silly things. And some not so silly. And so you don't want to just rely on a peace. So what do we rely on? Well, let me give you a few things, okay? When you're, when you're sorting through the tuning and you want to really tune in to the dial that God has a voice to speak to you, let me give you a few things you can keep in mind. Number one, the Bible is the final test for what you say is from God. The Bible is the final test for what you and I say is from God. Let me put it a different way. Something that you and I say is from God will not contradict what God has already said. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me? Use the Bible. You need to know the word of God because God has spoken 
So if we say something is from God and it contradicts the scriptures, I mean, you, you think of in Acts chapter 17, we're introduced to these believers in the city of Berea. And in the city of Berea, we know these believers now as the Bereans. And it's a phrase that is used within Christianity to refer to people that really, you know, even when Paul the Apostle came to teach them, this is Paul the Apostle. The Bible says that they were fair-minded. They were more fair-minded than the Thessalonians because when Paul came and taught, they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true true. They use the word of God to test the apostle. And of course, you know that that which God gave Paul did not contradict the scriptures. They searched the scriptures. This is what this says in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. They searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. The Bible is the final test. Number two, as we believe we received a vision from the Lord or a dream, you know, not every dream is from the Lord. Did you know that? Sometimes the dreams you receive before you go to bed have everything to do with the last thing you watched. Some movie that probably would have been better not to watch at all or definitely not before you go to bed. And you got this dream now and you wake up and you go, oh no, God is after me. No, 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 God's not after you. Stop watching that stuff before you go to bed. Sometimes the dreams come or the visions come. You know, sometimes you get a vision just because you're exhausted. And you have to take that vision, that dream. You know, you get that dream, you're up in the middle of the night, and you go, well, maybe the Lord's speaking. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. Maybe it is, well, you ate a little bit too late, and what you ate was just nasty, and now you're paying for it. <laughs> and you're like, well, you know, I just feeling that my, I, got a, I got a feeling in my bosom, you know. Yeah, yeah, stop eating that stuff. And the feeling will go away. Sometimes it is from the Lord. But how do we know? Well, we test it by God's word. There are people that say that today that, you know, they're writing books on how to interpret dreams. You can call them up and they're the dream interpreter. But, man, you know, I, I see Daniel. And, you know, when I hear from Daniel, when he comes and interprets, he says, I don't interpret dreams, but I know a God that does. God's the interpreter. You don't want to submit yourself to these. Well, I know what your dream. Usually that in a dream means and that in a Just... Man, the, you know, the more the word of God you know, the more peace you'll have of what God's wanting to say to you and whether it is, is even from. So, so secondly, we really have to remain open and flexible to be wrong. Because you know, a lot of times you'll tie your reputation to this word from the Lord, and when you find out it wasn't from the Lord at all, you're not willing to give it up because your reputation's on the line. Just be open. Maybe it's from God. Maybe it isn't from God. You know, you can really never fully trust our, our ability to hear from the Lord with 100% accuracy. We're imperfect human beings. So we really need to be open for a confirmation. And so instead of speaking like, you know, we can, whenever, you know, whenever I teach a Bible study, the only time I'm completely accurate is when I'm reading the scriptures. And even then, it's a translation. So, you know, if I knew the Hebrew or the Greek and I was reading exactly of the autographs, which we don't have, but from the manuscript, that, that would be the most accurate that I would be speaking from the Lord. And, and I believe we can trust our English translation. So when I'm reading it, that's the closest I am to being 100% accurate speaking for the Lord. Everything else in interpretation and observation is, well, it is subject to humanity. We really need the Holy Spirit to enliven a gift of teaching to make sure that I and you handle the Word of God correctly. And, and you don't want to become prideful and, and have your reputation, you know, lean upon your 100% accurate accuracy because you'll never be 100% accurate because you've already made a mistake. So you'll never be able to recover from that. I've already made many mistakes, and I'll never be able to recover from that. But I can, I can say I humbly submit myself to you, God. 
as I'm putting a Bible study together, I humbly, and I can't see what other godly men have, have seen in the text to make sure that, okay, I didn't come up with something weird or I didn't come up with something that's just way out there. I can see that there are men that have looked at the text and studied the original languages much wiser than me, and I go, okay, okay, I see it. I see God. You did reveal that to me. So I need to remain flexible and open. You know, just like James would say in another time where James said, you know, come, you, come now you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city, spend a year there and buy and sell, make a profit. Whereas you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. So as you believe you receive the word from the Lord, compare it with the scriptures and then just be open for God to confirm it. And make it clear, if the Lord wills, you know, that, that here he's talking about not being so confident, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I think the same principle applies of, hey, I think I heard from the Lord, but God, you really need to make it clear to me. It passed the test of not contradicting the scriptures, but now there'll be even times when God will impress a scripture upon me. He'll impress a thought to me, and I'll send it to you, the person that God put on my heart, or I might send it out in an email, or I might post it on Facebook, and, and I don't have an explanation. I don't know what it means. I just know I'm supposed to put it out there and then let the Holy Spirit take it. I don't have an interpretation. It's like, hear the scripture or hear this thought or in my, in my devotional life. So even then, I just like, hey, you know what? The Lord put, me on my, on your, put you on my heart today, and this is the scripture he gave, and, and I don't know. But here it is. And then they text back, I don't know either. All right, well, let's just wait on the Lord then. Let's see if it's a building block of what God's going to do later in the day. Well, there is one more helpful guideline we'd like to share with you, and we'll have that for you in just a moment on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. You can hear these radio programs on our website anytime at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to go and grow in the Word is by downloading our app. Search for Ed Taylor. This is a great way for you to take in the Word of God wherever you might be. Look for our podcast, too, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, see if this sounds familiar. You have a stubborn habit. You've prayed about it, you've surrendered it to God, and yet you still can't seem to break free. It's about that time that discouragement can begin to set in. Well, today we'd like to recommend a helpful book authored by Erwin Lutzer called How to Break a Stubborn Habit. In it, you'll find three essential ground rules you need to accept in order to change. Also, discover the secret to dismissing tempting thoughts. And Erwin Lutzer uncovers the roles of God, Satan, and your loved ones in your success or failure. Request a copy today when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Call 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryco.store. And here at Abounding Grace, we look to the Lord to provide for us. If he's leading you to take an active role in the ministry through either a one-time gift or ongoing monthly support, please visit us online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Pastor Ed, with an eye on the weekend ahead of us, what are you teaching these days from the pulpit at Calvary Church in Aurora? And how can folks join us, either in person or online? Well, we are in a wonderful season of beginnings here at Calvary. And in our weekend services, I'm teaching through the book of Acts. And we're getting back to basics. We're being reminded of the basics. We're also teaching a whole new generation in our church of the basics. When we ask the question, what is, who is the church? We have to go to the Bible to answer that. And the best place to answer it is in the book of Acts. 
I'm studying through the book of Acts, and you can join us online or here in person. So here in person, we're in Southeast Aurora. So if you're in the Denver metro area, uh, just come on out. We're on Hampton, one block east of Tower Road. Go to Calvary CO, CO stands for Colorado, calvaryco.church for more information. And you can go there for information how to join online. But the best place to stay connected with us is to download our free app. So go to your app store and put my name in there, Ed Taylor. The reason being is there's a lot of Calvary churches there, but there's only one associated with Ed Taylor. So put my name in the in the search function of your app store. The app will pop up, download it, turn on notifications, and stay connected. We'd love to have you be a part of our fellowship family here both near and far, we count it a privilege to serve you in Jesus' name. If you missed any of that, just drop by calvaryco.church. As promised, here once again is Ed helping us discern whether something is of the Lord or not. Another real key in hearing from the Lord and being sure that we are hearing from the Lord is to be careful not to lean on our own understanding, not to lean on our own understanding. This, these really all tie together. God does want to lead you and guide you in life in the faith steps that he has for you. He also wants you to lean on him and not your own mind and not your own knowledge. As if it's all on you, it's not. He lives inside of you. He's the very wisdom and strength for you to receive. And be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from the book of 1 Samuel. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.